All right, let's get started. Um, I think this is a huge topic that really needs to be discussed. And uh, and I want to illustrate to you first how I find a lot of the research that I find. Um, Because so many of you have asked me over the years, like, how do you always on top of these kind of things? And what I'm doing is I'm always looking for science-based articles in non-journal publications. Um, So STAT is sort of a publication that they take medical news and put it out there, but it's not a medical journal like Journal Medical Medical Association or, you know, something like that. So I happened to see this particular article, and then from this article, a lot of these, especially the better written articles, will give you links to all these other things. So that's how I find these things. So this one article came out on Tuesday. Social media risk for youth, mental health highlighted in new surgeon general report. So when you start going in here and you start seeing all these blue links, I started clicking into some of these things. And this is what I found. <clears throat> so actually, let's go to this one first. From, this, from the American Psychological Association, the health advisory on social media, um, essentially it's talking about this, up to 95% of young people age 13 to 17 report using a social media platform. So that means it's almost universal. Almost every single kid out there in the United States between 13 and like essentially teenage years are using our social media. Um, nearly two thirds teenagers report using social media every day and one third report social media almost constantly. So what, okay, that's, that's not bad as it is, stands, but then, Children and adolescents who spend more than three hours a day on social media face double the risk of mental health problems, including experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety. Double the risk of depression and anxiety. This is concerning as a recent survey showed that teenagers, remember we talked about this last week, teenagers spend an average of three and a half hours a day on social media. And we talked about last week how so many more kids are having you know, suicidal uh, ideations and suicide risk and, and actually committing suicide. When asked about the impact of social media on their body image, 46% of adolescents said social media makes them feel worse, which is almost half. Almost half make them feel worse. And further down, I mean, this is just a study after study after study that this thing referenced here. <clears throat> Two-thirds of adolescents are often or sometimes exposed to hate-based content on social media. And some social media platforms, now I've never seen this, but I've heard about this, show suicide and self-harm related content, including even live depictions. You know, and there have been shooters lately who have been live screaming what they're doing. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, so, So what they're saying is social, on a typical weekday, nearly one in three adolescents report using screens, uh, most common social media, until midnight or later which therefore has the success of social media use has created poor sleep quality, poor sleep duration, sleep difficulties, and depression among youth. One third or more of girls ages 11 to 15 said they feel addicted to social media platforms and over half a teenager report, it'll be hard to give up social media. Holy cow. Holy cow. We have a problem here. Uh, you know, and, and all this stuff came from this one little article, which is why I love you know, doing this kind of research. And here's an article from the Journal of American Medical Association from uh, a recent couple months ago, association of habitual checking behaviors on social media with longitudinal functional brain development. And what it's saying here <clears throat> is that habitual checking of social media in early adolescence 
may be associated with changes in neural sensitivity to anticipation of social rewards and punishments, which could have implications for psychological adjustment. Wow, what does that mean? That means that, that kids who are constantly looking and looking and looking and looking and looking on social media, <clears throat> they're actually changing the way their brains are, are, being, are sensitized to things. This is dangerous. This is dangerous at best. And then, and based on that, is a new study links social media used to changes in teen brains, right? That's where that came from. So here's the thing that I, I think we need to talk about. And that is social media is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. People are on it. You're on it. I'm on it. <clears throat> and in and of itself, social media is not bad. Like as a thing, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, those aren't bad things. The problem is twofold. The problem is, number one, that so many kids get involved with stuff that is not good on social media, that is negative, that is leading them towards different directions, that is encouraging negative kind of things, number one. And number two is, when you start doing this stuff and you start doing it more and more, it becomes an addiction. Because you get sensitized to this, and then, like we talk about, I can't remember this class, another class. Actually, it was my technique class. We talked about this last week. It's a dopamine addiction because kids used to go out and play outside to get dopamine. Now they run on social media. To, they you know, play on social media to get dopamine, right? Because dopamine comes from uh, some sort of activity. So the brain has figured out a way to make flipping through social media, watching a video, flipping through social media, watching a video, flipping through and reading something having this little burst of, of dopamine, it's not the same kind of dopamine or amount of dopamine that you would get by playing outside and just running and having a good time in the sun, but it's still a dopamine rush and they get addicted to it because that's why they can't stop. That's why you wonder when you see kids who are freaking out when mom or dad or caregiver takes away their cell phones or their iPads. They freak out because it's like, I want my dopamine. Give me my dopamine. So, so the question really is then, we, you can't make this go away. This ain't going anywhere, right? And they can't regulate it. It's too late to regulate. Like, you know, where was it? Some place, Montana said we're banning TikTok. Really? How are we going to do that? Right? Right? So now maybe someone is going to have some, like, in school, someone's going to walk around and look at kids' phones and see if they're on TikTok or whatever. So maybe that'll work. But you can't stop social media. Like, you can't make it not come into the state of Montana, right? So I, even though I appreciate the, the thought process, that it is too, way too late to have that consideration, to say we're going to ban TikTok in a state, right? The stuff should have been regulated 20 years ago when the stuff first started coming out. That's when it should have been regulated, not 20 years later, right? Just like this whole thing with ChatGPT. ChatGPT, it's already too late. There's too many platforms aside from ChatGPT that are out there that are these AI things. And to say, we want to regulate and crack down. I'm like, good luck with that, right? How are you going to regulate? What are you going to regulate? It's, it's too late, right? People just want to make money. That's the whole point of social media, honestly, in the, in the long run, is really to make money. The whole point of ChatGPT and all these other AIs is just to make money. And you can't stop people from making money once they're starting to make money. You can't undo that. <clears throat> so what do we do? is the question, which I want to bring up to you guys. And my thought, my first thought is, 
that what we do is we get more kids in the car for the care. Because we can't undo the social media tidal wave that's out there now, right? The, the, the tsunami of social media. And every year there's gonna be a new thingy to do. You know, first it was Facebook, and then it was Instagram, and now it's TikTok, and then there's gonna be some other platform in a year or two, because every couple of years there's somebody can invent some new thingy to do, right? And that's just how it's gonna be. So we can't, we can't stop the onslaught of it, but what we can do is we can get more kids in the care and get their brains working better. Because what I've seen over the years is the kids who are getting adjusted, even if they do go on social media, they are more under control. They are more able to let go of their phones. And this is even kids, even kids who are you know, very neurodivergent, special needs kids who are, that's all they do all day long, is they're able to start giving things up. They don't, that, the, I don't know if the adjustment, and maybe this is something that Dr. Holder knows about <clears throat> with his work, I don't know if the adjustment helps like regulate dopamine better, but maybe there's some sort of relationship between what we're doing and some, their ability to regulate dopamine better so that they don't feel that they need that iPad or they need that phone in order to get their dopamine rush. That's not the only thing that they need. Um, we see kids who, who get adjusted have more interest. They do better in sports. They do better in school. They do better at reading, right? So all the things that they were not, they were having problems with before, they don't have problems with as much. So maybe we can't undo social media, but maybe we can help, reg help them regulate their own brains, which is half the battle to begin with, because that's what this is really talking about. <clears throat> you know, when you look at this, Journal of the American Medical Association article is saying changes in neural sensitivity here is what they're concerned about. So if we're able to help make their neural sensitivity work better, isn't that exactly what we can do, right? Because we're, you know, you can say, well, you know, you should have social media times when you don't, you know, like social media free times. You should all put down your phones at dinner time, whatever. And we can make little suggestions like that. But that's not, that's not gonna fix anything, right? Because the kids are still up at midnight, the kids are still you know, on their phones in the middle of the night, someone texts them and they wake up, which is what's causing all this poor distress. So you can't change those kind of things. But what we can change is to understand why it's so important to get kids under care. And why it's so important to get them under care. Like to me, the best way to get a kid under care is have the kid be the first person in the family because highly likely to get the rest of the family if the kid is under care, much harder to get the parent first and then convince the parent to bring the kid if all they see is parents and adults getting adjusted, right? So it's much easier to have a kid-based practice and then have the parents say, do you adjust adults too? Than to have an adult-based practice and say, oh, we adjust kids also, so you should bring them in. Why? All I see is adults here, right? So. It, 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 that's why I suggest to so many of you who say to me, well, you know, we can, you know, I can build my practice on like all these personal injuries and then I can get the kids in. Yeah, you could do that. But I'm just telling you it's much harder to get the kids in. If the parents can come in for pain, you have to really super educate them to get them to bring their kids in. But if the kids come in because of X, Y, Z issues, it's way easier for them to extrapolate and say, yeah, chiropractic is great for you as an adult as well. All right. So what do you guys think of these two articles?